Well, hey everybody, it's Star Wars Report time, and let's talk about overpriced Star Wars hotels. Then a few other updates here on the Star Wars Report podcast. Well, we're kicking it a little old school with the intro this week, guys. Hey, welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. Uh, once again, coming at you live from like a random apartment in South Carolina. Uh, glad to have you back to the Star Wars Report. And I'm going solo this week. It's kind of a mini cast of sorts. Uh, work and travel schedule's been crazy as always, but we are here in the midst of the countdown. What is it, 28, 29, 28, 29 episodes remaining of the Star Wars Report podcast, and it still feels weird to say. Um, thank you, thank you so much for the um, incredible outpouring uh, of you guys who shot me emails and texts and checking in um, about the uh, the crazy announcement that, yes, yes, indeed, the Star Wars Report podcast is coming to a close at episode 501 Thanks to the brilliance of one Bruce Gibson who came up with that plan on the fly when we recorded two weeks ago. Uh, but yes, it's happening. And thank you so much for um, it means a lot uh, that you guys emailed out and, and expressed your appreciation for the show over the years. Um, and, and we're going out with a bang. So um, the the episode structure, as I've realized from the past few weeks, as we count down to episode 501, is, is going to be all over the place, right? It, it, craziness. Um, it'll be sometimes me solo, maybe on the road when I'm traveling for work. Um, it'll be guest hosts. Uh, it'll be guests, uh, some fan favorites. Uh, we got Scott Rifen coming up soon. Um, I need to text him actually back, but, uh, about the plans for the, the next episode. So we got Mr. Scott Rifen. We got Bruce. We got Mark's going to come back. Bethany's going to come back. I was just talking to the one and only Dan Zare, uh, from coffee with Kenobi. We're going to get him on. A bunch of folks that I'm excited. Uh, when I have time, it's freaking crazy. I mean, it's one reason I have to end the show is just the way life is turning. But enough about the show. This is too meta. This is too meta. Let's talk about uh, a couple things. Well, two things, really, uh, that I wanted to talk about for this episode. Number one is Bad Batch. Bad Batch is closed. Bad Batch is finished. Um, Bad Batch is a, is, is a go for season two, actually. Um, and I want to give us a couple thoughts that i have about the the ending of the series and the series writ large uh so we're gonna do that and then i'm gonna break down break it down for the uh star wars galactic star cruiser aka the star wars hotel aka the hosnian prime i mean not the the halcyon hosnian's a different one that one blew up that would be bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> were a thing the the halcyon the halcyon days of the old republic or the the halcyon as it is a ship um at an experience at the disney parks they announced the prices and lord almighty they are crazy expensive there's like expensive and there's crazy expensive now i i have a different take than some on the prices um hopefully hopefully it makes a little bit more sense um after i break down why i think it's understandable that they're going for the price point they are and and where specifically i think they're actually outgunning themselves um when it comes to the price point uh but let's start with bad batch so i have thoughts 
um, I guess this is kind of news. Is it news? Is it news? Whatever. I've got the sound here, so we'll make it news. We have something to report. Closer, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. All right, yes. All right, it's kind of new. I mean, it's news. Bad Batch Season 2 is a go. It's official. They announced it like an episode or two before the series was over. I have watched Bad Batch every week uh, as it has come out. Some episodes better than others. Uh, And I'm excited for Season 2. I think this is a timeline that I'm probably one of the times I'm most interested in as a Star Wars fan, the dark times when... The Empire was on the rise and the fall of the Republic and the hunting down of the remnants of the Jedi Order and, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi in hiding, the rise of the uh, the underworld, smugglers, gangsters, like, it's an exciting era of Star Wars. And that's both the, my favorite things and least favorite things about Bad Batch. So, so for Bad Batch, I think what we can focus on and at least what we should focus on when it comes to the series is sort of some of the potential. I won't say missing potential because there's a lot of complaints of filler episodes of episodes that it's like they went and did another adventure for Sid. I, 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 I Googled it. I perused the, the fan sites, the social media a little bit. Um, and I, I know that those weren't the most popular episodes. That's fair. Fair criticism. Um, but I, when I say talk about potential, I don't think it's lost potential because we got a season two coming. So maybe they will go this direction a little bit more. Um, I think it maybe is fair to say this is lost potential from episode from the episodes from season one. Um, but the story of the Bad Batch, where it's at its best and what I missed most in that middle of the season that was a little slumpy, was this potential for a great story out of the conflict between the Empire, Project Stardust, the New Order, the New World Order of Stormtroopers, versus the clones. And they set that up really well in the first few episodes. Um and if if the bad batch were at the center of that conflict oh that that was the that was the potential i was out for i was out for a run um last week and jotted down a few of these thoughts because i was thinking it just kind of dawned on me of like the most compelling part of the story that's unfolding is the 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 fall of camino the rise of the empire and the how the clones are becoming irrelevant now the sad thing about that story is that most of it plays out apart from the actual Bad Batch characters. They're just off on these kind of random adventures. There's some overlap, but like the idea, like the clones that um, are at the center of the conflict are kind of random side character clones. I don't even remember the dude's name. Hauser. Like Hauser's conflict. There's that like one really good episode on Ryloth where it's like Hauser's at the center of the conflict of like whether or not he should be supporting the Empire, or should he be going a separate way. Like Cut Laquane, when they showed that in the early seasons, Hayes, he he separated away from the the Republic, but they're ready to fight the Empire. Like the idea of that moment of betrayal and the moment of the clones actually striking out on their own and even fighting against the empire we just never see that it's alluded to we see glimpses of it but certainly not with the the and here's the word ready for it here we go the titular characters 
I'm sorry. The, the title characters, I shouldn't do it. The title characters, the Bad Batch themselves could have been at the center of that conflict as they like try to decide whether or not to support the Empire or the um or, or go their separate way. Instead, there's that split decision crosshair goes his own separate way and then the bad batch just go on their series of adventures and they don't really play up that conflict much it kind of starts off with a bang and then they just sort of forget about it for most of the season and then at the very end crosshair the the conflict comes back in the final episode which is brilliant and really well done and that's what i'm talking about the bad batch is a really good first few and last few episodes um and that's sort of like where I am on, on, on Bad Batch. So if they were at the center of that and they kind of played up the Empire versus the clones, uh, that, oh, that, that's, that's what I was missing. That's what I was craving as the series was getting ready to close out. Um, and, and think about how much um, they, like the, the Bad Batch themselves, they were the ones who were um, you know working with the Stormtroopers essentially and like the other clones um were the ones working with the stormtroopers i guess what i'm saying is the other clones who are working with the stormtroopers not the bad batch sorry um are the ones that realize wait a second they're they're here to replace me um what if instead of those random unnamed republic commandos who are training up the new stormtroopers what if it were members of the bad batch to be training them up only to realize that betrayal was imminent that's that that gets to like shakespearean drama um that would be pretty cool like and that's star wars star wars is drama so the idea of like a betrayal of the clones uh, that uh, that that's that's the potential right there that I think was missing. But I will say I did overall like the 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 series. I bought a Lego. I bought the Bad Batch shuttle, uh, the Lego set. Um, it was pretty awesome. I just built that last week, so I, I wouldn't have gotten that of of the new Star Wars Lego sets. I would not have gotten that one if I wasn't uh, pretty uh, pretty excited about it. Um, so there you go. That's, there's a brief thoughts on on the Bad Batch. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed them. I know I certainly, I certainly did. Um, I wanted to, um, th- I wanted to talk Galactic Star Cruiser. Um, hmm. I, I will say, I, I, I do want to read. You guys sent me so much, um, so many nice emails. I did want to read and respond to a one of them here i think this is a good example and and something that i wanted to to highlight so we'll take a brief pause uh brief pause and i'll come back catch this email and then we'll uh talk uh galactic star cruiser crisis crisis i said crisis i meant prices (laughs) crisis crisis for your wallet how's that Longtime friend of the show, uh, an emailer, Willie, sent an email. Um, said, hey, hope you're doing well. Uh, I know you've probably got a lot of emails about this, but as you should, I hope it's all positive. 
I'm sure I'm sure some will try to convince you to keep going. Uh, you very well may. It just may be sometime down the road. I just have to compliment you with what you've done creating SWR over all these years. You've um, you've obviously started it very young when it's easy to start something as a kid and then let it fall by the wayside or get distracted by other things, but you build it into something huge. Shepherding it through college was no easy feat either, and I'm even more impressed that you're able to keep it going through uh, the military in your first assignment. Uh, my point is to say congrats on the building of the preeminent podcast stars. Well, thanks. He's very nice. Well done, sir. Um, uh, my other point is that we all have different seasons, uh, as a friend of mine put it. Uh, you may well be shifting to a new season. You've now got enough time um, in the Air Force uh, career field to understand most of its breadth and depth. I suspect uh, you've begun to cultivate some experience uh, and, and in uh, various arenas as you head to your next uh, PCS. Uh, Willie's got a military background as well, so uh, he and I have talked a bit. But yeah, as, as, as I get ready for my next uh, permanent change of station, a.k.a. PCS, uh, we'll build even more. So here's to a new season. I've enjoyed your perspective on the Star Wars universe, so thank you for sharing it with all of us. Uh, don't feel like you owe us anything. I know something as big as uh, SWR can create its own momentum, but that doesn't mean you have to be a slave to it. Um, uh, and then he talked a little bit about uh, our future assignments and joint spouse. I've really appreciated hearing from you, Willie, over the years and how, how much you've uh, taken interest on not just the Star Wars stuff, but as I've kind of melded it with a, a, you know, a, a real big boy career in the military. <laughs> Um, but he finishes it up by saying um, thank you again for all that you've given us good luck with your next assignment from Willie so thanks Willie so much I I appreciate it and thanks so much for your support over the years it's definitely been much 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 appreciated and I really appreciate your um, uh, unique perspective and military experiences you and I have talked and emailed over the years and a lot of you guys that have emailed I really think um, it's it's impressed upon me how, uh, how much of a small family uh, Star Wars reports become, not with just friends of mine and co-hosts on the show and the network that I've built here, but a lot of you guys who listen and email back and forth regularly. Um, it's been really good to kind of get to know you and, and, and talk as we go through. So thanks for the email, Paul. We'll, we'll probably hit some emails as you guys go back through and I'll, and I'll send a, extend the invite. I won't, I won't read all of these. A lot of them were, were really sweet and yet similar in some ways talking about the, the end of the era that it is, but I will say this definitely. I, I mentioned it in the other show, but if you haven't, now's a great time. I'm compiling some of the um, and some of the suggestions that you guys have emailed in, some of the guests that you want to hear back on the show in the coming weeks and months uh, before we close out, before we close the doors here. Uh, so keep those rolling in. If it's favorite segments from the past that you want to hear again, or uh, favorite moments that you want uh, us to relive on the show, or talk about, or guests that you want to return. Uh, see a return of um, definitely shoot, shoot us an email Star Wars report at gmail.com Star Wars report at gmail.com I will read and incorporate all of those requests into the podcast as we get ready to finish up uh, now let's talk um, <clears throat> the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser so here's the price tag it's six thousand dollars for a family of four. Uh, if you're a couple, it's a mere 4,800. It's a two-day experience. Uh, it is set as a virtual Star Wars cruise. That's the pitch, guys. They're telling us that um, the uh, Galactic Scar- Star-, Scar Star Cruiser that is set to open next year in Orlando um, will cost $6,000 for two nights. Four thousand eight hundred dollars and well, eight hundred nine dollars for a couple. Um, certainly, I'm 
smidge higher than your average Orlando hotel room. Uh, definitely even a smidge larger than like I don't know uh, the Grand Floridian, like the nicest Disney resorts. Uh, but they're promising, and here's the thing: they're promising no ordinary experience. This isn't. This is an immersive escape into Star Wars. Now, some of you might remember that's what they said about Galaxy's Edge. Um, which I think they largely were successful, but they definitely overpromised and underdelivered, in my view, on the immersiveness of uh, Galaxy's Edge or, or the interactivity. I guess the immersive, the immersion is there. It's an incredibly designed land, but in terms of the interactivity, most of the interact there, there are really two interactive experiences at Galaxy's Edge. One is building the lightsaber, and one is building the droid. Those those are the interactive things that you do. the uh, the The primary rides are are like immersive, like the Smuggler's Run, where you pilot the Millennium Falcon. Like that's you know that's immersive because it's the freaking Millennium Falcon, and you're inside of it, and you're hitting the buttons to control it and firing the guns. It's like it's an immersive experience, but like where you're actually going, building a lightsaber, carrying it with you. Um, you interact with cast members in character. That's it's. It was fairly limited. I think the, I think that was sort of what we thought the whole park would be is like all of these spontaneous story moments that would come up at Galaxy's Edge, and and that really never fully came to fruition. Again, in my view, what they're they're sort of they're going to bat again with Galactic Star Cruiser. Um, and the idea is, is you're going to pay a lot more money, but this time, this time, guys, this time, we promise for the low, low price of $6,000, you will get your Star Wars Westworld experience. Uh, if you guys haven't read it or watched it, Westworld, the idea of this completely realistic, immersive, virtual environment not virtual reality but like an actual environment that's built um with a realist impression of a of a fantasy land of some kind the idea of stepping into something that's so such a incredible reproduction of what it would be like to be in star wars that that's exactly what you feel like you're in and that's what they're promising the galactic star cruiser will be uh, and that's why they think, obviously they wouldn't charge this price if they didn't think people would pay for it, um, that they can charge $6,000 uh, for people to people to go. Um, now, there have been a number of breakdowns, like the Rex and Around show on YouTube actually did a pretty humorous breakdown of the um, sample itinerary. I'm not going to do that here because some people have broken down the itinerary really well. But suffice to say... You board the Star Cruiser just like you would a cruise ship. Um, and what they're advertising is this bespoke experience. You sort of like, you get to, as they say in the press release, write your own Star Wars story, stormtroopers and all. You're encouraged to cosplay. You learn how to master a lightsaber. You get like these immersive uh, dinner and show. You get to see the modal nodes. You get to learn, you get to learn how to gamble aka sabak you get to do sabak lessons so you can uh so if you so so there's fancy dinners really fancy shows uh specialty cocktails and 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 um rich and dare i say um indulgent decadent 
food and entertainment experiences. It kind of sounds like another place in Star Wars. It kind of sounds like Canobite. <laughs> I've seen I've seen the memes online. It it really does. Like even the concept art that they show, it looks like what they're literally catering this to is is one, you have to be a huge Star Wars fan. Two, you have to be enough of an extrovert to where you want to actually go and experience everything on this itinerary, like to partake and be a part of this essentially this role playing experience. And three, you got to be pretty well off. Pretty, you got to have plenty of spare um, galactic credits. Republic credits will do fine. Um, all 6,000 of them. Now, you look at the, the rooms, the, the interior design, the concept art, a lot of the stuff looks really well done. But to me, it looks like... What's a good example of um, one of the... Maybe the Wilderness Lodge. I, I was just recording Mouse and Castle, uh, where, where we break this down a little bit more, too, um, with Aaron Goins. So this week's episode, you guys can check it out. Uh, and I couldn't remember the name. It, the Polynesian, that's what. It's like, it's like basically, it looks on the level of something like the Polynesian um, in terms of quality, where there's entertainment and shows that are all themed, beautifully built. Um, or, or a Disney resort I've been to, the, um, the Alani Hawaiian-themed resort in Oahu, in Hawaii. It's beautifully built, all kinds of inc- incredible entertainment but it is literally priced at four times the experience. Now, it's all-inclusive, except alcoholic drinks. Uh, oh, and except specialty drinks. But otherwise, it's all-inclusive. That's the big difference between something like the, the Animal Kingdom Resort or the Polynesian or even, um, you know, insert uh, famous... Uh, What's the, what's the famous flagship one? Like the Grand Floridian. Like these are these top tier resorts that cost, you know, upwards of $800 a night, $1,000 a night, $1,200 a night. But they're still not $3,000 per night. Um, now, when you do the math, though, like the what's included is certainly more than you would get at some other top tier resorts. But in... Yours truly's humble opinion. And this is the important thing, guys. This is my opinion. This doesn't mean that they're wrong. It doesn't mean that they're stupid or dumb for charging these prices. They've probably done the market research to say this thing's going to be financially successful. Um, Like, it'll work. It'll probably work. Just like people will probably book tickets and go to do this thing. But in my less than humble opinion... Um, I think they they have not revealed enough to make it worth this price that they're charging. In that, I think that they've they've priced out too much of the the core audience that they should be going for. Um, and so, and that's I think just the reality of it. Um, Disney absolutely has the right to build whatever they want and charge whatever they want. They're their business, their corporation, but they. And 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 the number one priority of the Disney parks and resorts is guest experience. I just didn't see enough in the guest experience when I looked at that sample itinerary 
um, that that justify justify the kind of prices. The p- kind of prices they're going for is the Westworld price, is the complete immersion uh, into Star Wars. And what the itinerary that they uh, revealed seems like a souped-up kind of, you know, series of kind of cool Star Wars-y role-play kind of things that you can do over the course of two days. Um, but, like, honestly, the the announcement for the Space 2020 restaurant, like the new restaurant at Epcot, where they simulate a space elevator and you dine and the sort of... They use the similar technology to kind of simulate you being in space. That, to me, seems almost way more attractive at probably a way smaller price point than any of the um, stuff that I saw on the itinerary. The thing that I, I will say, though, is that there's still some unknowns, and I think that they've they've held back a few reveals so that as they get close to opening, they'll probably show off some additional technology that does make this more immersive, like whatever the freaking real lightsaber is, uh, that lightsaber technology that they've showed off recently. I, I think that there's more to be seen, because I don't think, based on what they've shown us so far, it justifies the price point. Not from like a, a begrudging consumer price point, like, man, I want it cheaper. But like, I, I think the fact that they're charging that much is an indicator of the level of experience that they intend uh, to give. So we'll, we'll see. But I will say, based on the price that they announced, I, I posted this in a little group chat of fellow Star Wars buddies. I was like, I'm out. Sorry. I'm out. I'm out faster than Elon's sleazy Bagano after Obi-Wan Kenobi says, you want to go home and rethink your life. He's like, you want <clears throat> He's Elon's like rolling up to the bar. You want to go on the Halcyon and the Galactic Star Cruiser? <clears throat> you want to go home and rethink the prizes. At least that's what I say. That's what I say, Disney. It's uh, We'll see. We will see what they do. All right, guys, we will be back uh, in the near future to talk about a lot more Star Wars stuff with uh, uh, actual guest hosts. But that'll do it for this mini-podcast edition of the Star Wars Report. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure that you uh, stay subscribed as we uh, count down our final episodes. The countdown to 501 continues. Uh, And I'm going to just say, as I always do, may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast.